This is the happy hour. You guys want a happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. <laughs> Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in. Happy Thursday. This is the happy hour. 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Rico joining you. Hello, Rico. Hello. How was the day? So far, so good. Good. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool. Shooting some b-ball. I wish I could shoot some b-ball outside of the office. When a couple of guys. I hope nobody who is up to no good. Started making trouble in our neighborhood. <laughs> I don't think I'll get in one little fight. <laughs> but my mom still got scared. <laughs> I do not have aunties and uncles in Bel Air. <laughs> There's the clip. <laughs> Shout out to Fresh Prince. <laughs> I hope DP's listening in the back room just going, oh, no. What? This, Why? This Why? Just, just Why are they here? Spoke. <laughs> the fresh anyway, happy Thursday. It's the happy hour, 93.7, the ticket, the ticket, fm.com. That was ridiculous. Uh, four, we should never do that again. It was completely off script. 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Starter Heyman text line, both those. Open for you guys the entire way here, as well as the Starter Heyman Jewelers video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, uh, and Allo Channel 951. 951 is the place to go to watch us on your television. Um, Chase B says, Nick and Rico, please make my day better. I had the winning bid on my favorite Lincoln Stars jersey. Somebody outbid me at the last second. Mm. Chase, I'm sorry. I don't know if I if we can make it. That, that's, that's tough. That's tough. I almost, I've never been in that situation, but that feels like a very rough situation. I guess yeah. I've been in that that eBay situation, bidding really? on something, and then somebody swoops in from under you. I was just I've never utilized eBay. I was just looking on eBay though yesterday because I told you this, Rico. I'm trying to find <laughs> NCAA basketball 2010. Yes. For the Xbox 360. Our good friend, mutual friend, uh, former 93.7 The Ticket employee, Nathan Brennan, in fact, uh, loaned me, I think forgot about it, uh, his Xbox 360. He gave it to you accidentally. Yeah, he brought it over, and then he just like never asked for it. And Then he, he moved to Kansas City. He's talked about it. He's never asked for it back. And so... Maybe the next time he's here, he might ask for it. Maybe. I doubt it. Either way. If you don't bring it up, he will not. Nope. Besides, he's good. Um, so I'm trying to find NCAA basketball ten, but it's like two hundred and fifteen bucks. Yeah, those uh, NCAA uh, sports games are going to be very expensive, especially after they stopped making them. They got more expensive because people, you know, like ourselves, uh, have great memories of playing those games, and and when you have that, you get a little nostalgic. You're like, you know what, yeah. I, I kind of want to buy that, and. People know that the nostalgia will kick in. You can't really find it anywhere, so they can jack up the prices. Mm -hmm. And they know a lot of people are going to, or they know that at least one person somewhere will be willing to drop that amount of money to get that nostalgia back. I wonder if if Amon has any any insight to where I could find one. Yeah, because I could ask him tonight. So um, because Amon will be on the station tonight, um, as he is every Thursday for his show. The Amon Green Show. Yeah, and so. 
What's what's interesting though, because I have the NCAA football fourteen, and until they make the new one, which I think is next year, it's supposed to come out now. It was supposed to come out this summer. They pushed it back to next summer. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, it's being made by the same people who make Madden, so people are concerned. Yeah. So I mean, Chase B just sent in a photo of of one that I could purchase for eighty five dollars and forty five cents. I have necessarily no problem doing that for a new game. You have to understand that the graphics in that game is not going to be worth $85 in my eyes. Well, I so I had NCAA 14 for the longest time football okay. for the PS3, and then I sold it at some point. Don't know why. Yeah. Probably because I thought I was going to get another one. Um, and then I want to say it was like four years ago. I found it somewhere, and I bought it for, I want to say it was like 70 bucks. So it was around yeah. the, pri- the price of a new video game now. And the graphics and the fact that it's a little bit slower just because it's on the PS3, it's just a just a smidge slower than what it normally would be, um, is is kind of annoying. But at the same time, it's still fun to play. And you download the latest rosters and yep. you have fun with that. Um, right now, I'm in my third season as Nebraska's head coach. Maybe third. Um, we've been national runner-up two years in a row. Oh, no, you lost it. Yeah. Alabama the first year. Do you play on the hardest level? Do you play on Heisman? Yeah. yeah. The Heisman level? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I get upset when I lose, so I'll like, quit the game before it saves, and then I'll go back in and Rico. play the game over. I, I, one of those I know, guys. I know. It's it's terrible. I'm like, I'm like I want this to that be is, challenging. That is disappointing. But I don't want to lose. <laughs> I love games that are difficult. Yeah. Like like MLB The Show, Hall of Fame setting. Every single time. Mm-hmm. It's Hall of Fame setting. Because it's, um, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. But now, so... Um, Logan Smothers has been my starting quarterback the last two years, and this year, currently through six weeks, he's leading in Heisman voting. Well, there you go. How's the recruiting classes look? Um, I had a top ten class my second year, and this year I was in on a lot of five stars. Okay, nobody's committing. Okay. I got a I got a punter committed. You got to get the insta commit. Nobody's committing, and I've lost my top six recruits to other schools. You know what the worst part is? One of them committed to like Texas State. Oh, those are the like when they're like, "Oh, what are your leading schools?" And it's like, you know, uh, UTSA, Nebraska, yep. Georgia, Alabama, and you're like, "There's no way." And then they commit in week three to UTSA, and you're like, <laughs> "What in the heck?" And you do the little recruiting thing, and they go from an eighty to like an eighty-three, and you're like, "This shouldn't, this shouldn't happen." Well, what's funny is and this is the last thing before we move on. Yeah. Um, what's funny is that. I ended up what I ended up doing a, a franchise with the Toledo Rockets. Oh. Okay, I was Toledo. And the quarterback for for Toledo is Daquan Finn. Okay. Okay. And I want to say if I remember correctly, so Toledo obviously won the MAC championship this year. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that he was Mr. Irrelevant. This in the NFL draft. Look at that, and that Daquan Finn. He's he's just not saying he's going to do anything in the NFL. Uh, seems like maybe he's returning to Toledo instead. So I'm not sure where I saw that at. But. So I had another one where I was an offensive coordinator. I started at UTSA. My running back, Sincere McCormick. Do you, want, do you want to know his overall on the game was? So you download the latest rosters. Yes, he was a 98. At UTSA. At UTSA. For the Roadrunners. He won the Heisman. You have to you And then have I got to drafted the new in rosters. the fourth round. You have to get the new rosters. Ridiculous. Um, I also think what was interesting is they, they're they making like news and notes about the new game that's coming out next year and stuff. Mm-hmm. Transfer Portal is going to be involved. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be frustrating. 
And Barry, you're going to lose so many players, and it's going to be like, what is happening? You're going to lose players, and that kind of navigates into our conversation here, Rico. Because I was listening to a podcast yesterday uh, with Reese Davis and Pete Thamel, mm-hmm. and it was inc- they were in in that podcast. They were talking about how how tough it is and how how much of a benefit it is for universities to have organized collectives and organized NIL funds. Yeah, right. Because obviously things are always moving and always improving and always changing. And so, for example. Ryan Day of Ohio State a couple years ago when NIL kind of just first got going, he threw out the number figure of $11 million. And at that time, what was something that, that these the two guys kind of mentioned yesterday was at that time, Ryan Day was speaking, hey, we need $11 million, or everybody thought at least, that Ryan Day was th- thinking, we need $11 million to go recruit high school players, mm-hmm. to go say, hey, to you know, steer you away from Alabama, we're going to need about eleven million dollars annually. We have this pool of eleven million dollars to give to, to high school players to bring them in and and to keep obviously guys happy. But now we're at this point where you need that money to just re-recruit your own roster, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how crazy it's all gotten. Is because you you look at what like college coaches, for example, have to do nowadays. And I've kind of mentioned this earlier today on the on the drive, that they're becoming some of the school's biggest fundraisers, and where it's when you're not recruiting or actively recruiting, you're getting on your private plane and you're going to meet with a big donor. You're going to go somewhere to meet with somebody trying to get them to donate more money to your NIL fund. You're a and in addition, you're a- and in addition, if your NIL collective isn't number one, organized or set up properly mm-hmm. or just running at full function, you're going to be left behind in the dust. Coaches are now salesmen. They have to sell their team and sell their players that they currently have on their roster and players that they're going to bring in to these these big money donors and to these big money people who who have the cash, the the, the what's what's the uh the funds. The funds to to distribute amongst players to keep them at their favorite team and to keep them happy and all this stuff. But the problem with that is, and I, this is my only issue with NIL, is that's not that's not what it's supposed to be. That's not what it was meant to be. That's not what no, what, what no. people what the people who even the players who who just wanted to be paid for for what they've been doing, that's not what this was intended where you're paying guys $500,000 just to play for your school. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be, and I've said it a million times and I'll continue to say it because I just don't like I don't like how people misconstrue it and just say, "Well, we need to pay this guy $50,000 to come here and to do this." It's it's not the 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 collective, it's not the university that's paying this player. It's supposed to be businesses around the city, business, you know, national businesses who want this player to show up to a meet and greet who want this player to do a commercial, read a spot for them for a radio station, who who want them to do an autograph signing for them, and then they'll pay them this amount of money for doing that. You know, you, you have these, even the bigger businesses, if you want to pay a guy, you know, $20,000, right? Okay, we're going to pay you $20,000, but you have to come and come to these, these dinner meetings that we have with other big clients um, five times, you know, during the year. You have yeah. to do that, and we'll get you your twenty thousand. That's what it's supposed to be: is you're using your name again, your name, your image, your face, your likeness 
to sell yourself and to get this money. It's not supposed to be, hey, I'm a five-star. I want to go to your school, but the only way I'm going there is if you can pay me $100,000. So here's what's interesting because on that note, Rico, um, I think a good way to put it is that it's intended to be beneficial for both sides, right? Mm -hmm. The athlete benefits from... From obviously the funds, right? Because the stipends a lot of times aren't enough or aren't as much as a, a part-time job would would pay. And in addition, or on the flip side, the business is going to benefit from that athlete who has a big social media following, who has a hey a well-known name, be able to increase their brand exposure or their their company's exposure because this specific person is discussing and talking and posting about your company. Mm -hmm. Where now we're at, it's people are making transfer decisions based on NIL potentials. You're, and not even potentials, NIL offers. Um, you have the whole tampering situations with coaches and, and athletic departments. And when I, so I'm looking at right now the, the NIL deal tracker from on3.com. Mm -hmm. And you look at the most recent ones that have signed NIL deals, and they have them listed and posted as soon as uh, today, right? So just today, um, Peter Woods is his name. He has an NIL value, according to On3, of $282,000. He is a freshman at Clemson, mm -hmm. and he was a five-star. He signed with the Tiger Impact Collective. So that's not necessarily a, a company or a business. That is the collective of the university. And you look even though it's not supposed to be you, connected to the university at all. Yes. Which in a way it is. I shouldn't maybe I should have I, rephrased that, but no, everybody knows no, the truth. No, you're not wrong. Everybody knows the truth. Yeah, you're not wrong, but they're not supposed to be. Yeah. None of none of the collectives are supposed to be working with the university in, in ties with the university, you know, directly. It's through the players. And you know that they're connected to the university because of, of you know, whatever the names that they choose to connect themselves with it. But it's it's kind of like um, uh, what what open, do open Doors did yeah. to when it first started off. They are the people who will help set you up with these businesses, with these with these companies, with these people who want to use your name, image, and likeness to help build their yeah. brand. And they will pay you for that. That is what the collectives are supposed to be, is getting these players in contact with these businesses. Or it could just, you know, the businesses could reach out to the players. But the hard part with that is if you're a player, you got yourself set to private because how many people are going to reach out to you? You leave your messages open. Yeah. All of a sudden, people who don't want to don't want to, you know, partner with you for businesses that are just messaging you willy nilly. So that's that's the part of the collective is to be that in between and be that middleman and help mm -hmm. these players get in contact with these things. And I understand that, you know, you've got these players going from place to place and getting apartments and cars and such. But there's a. <laughs> The the way around that, and I, I I don't know how how realistic it is, but the way around that is you you have an apartment complex that wants to be in in you know good graces with the university. You offer these players apartments for discounted rates or you know sometimes free. Which the the guy at USC now mm -hmm. we we I mean we saw his apartment yeah. that he transferred. And to. the way and the way that you could get around that Man. is he posts that video quotes you know hashtag ad for whatever yeah. apartments and it's just like this is the inside of these apartments don't you wish you could live like me 
And then, you know, people are like, wow, that's great. I never knew that it looked like that on the inside. I didn't know I could get that view. And that's, it was, and that's a way around that. It was Bear Alexander. Yeah. Um, if From I remember Georgia correct. to USC. Yeah. Georgia to USC, Bear Alexander uh, played in 12 of the 15 games back in 2022 for the Georgia Bulldogs and ends up transferring to USC. And in that, he puts a video of like, man, this is great apartment. Glad I'm living like this, like thankful, all mm-hmm. that stuff, right? Um, Jordan, Just put, thank Jordan, you to you know whatever the apartment yeah, complex is, yeah, um, and you know live like me or something, live like a live like a student USC student athlete, you know something like that. And like Jordan Addison last year, uh, there were a lot of rumors and and false, you know, reports I suppose out there Stuff of what Jordan Addison around. was receiving, and there's still going to be guys transferring to do what's best for them. Um, and I feel like it's important to say it every single time we bring up NIL. You can't blame the student athlete for wanting to make more money, right? Nope. Basically, while it's legal, squeeze every dime that you can out of out of it. And so with that in mind, though, like Jordan Addison last year, there were a lot of reasons that he decided to move on to Pitt. It was crappy, though, I will say, because it, it was in the middle of May. And when, when rosters are usually pretty pretty solid at that point, right? And that was a big shock um, to to Pittsburgh and and Pat Narduzzi because you're losing your your All American wide receiver and your Boletnikov Award winner in the middle of May, and you didn't really see it coming. All I mean, in all honesty, you kind of did, but, but you, you did. saw it coming when. It was obviously the NIL. The money plays a factor into it. The resources, what you can get, location, exposure, and experienced quarterback because Kenny Pickett wasn't at Pittsburgh anymore. It kind of all aligned to where Jordan Addison just kind of went to Pittsburgh or went to USC rather. And so, if you're Ohio State in this situation, because I think it's it's easy for Husker fans to maybe remember some of the names at this point. If you're Ohio State, your number one concern, yes, it's recruiting. But it's also, how do you get a guy like Marvin Harrison to make sure he sticks around and he feels like he's valued enough, right? A guy in Marvin Harrison that, when being evaluated by some NFL draft scouts, is saying that he was not only the best wide receiver in next year's draft, the one that he's eligible for, but also the best wide receiver in this year's draft. There are people who are saying he might be the best player. And so, at that point... How do you make sure that he's feeling valued enough to where you don't have to worry about it? Now, part of it is keeping a guy like Brian Hartline on staff. Brian Hartline, obviously, through Ohio State, coached Garrett Wilson, coached Chris Olave. Um, I mean, you can just go down the list of, of the rec- recent receivers. Emeka Abuka is, is on that list as well of guys that Ohio State needs to hold on to. And Because, it, once again, if you want to compete with these Alabamas, these USC's of the world, it's going to take close to 15 maybe even more million dollars per year just to keep that talent happy and so i think a way that you can get around that as a more successful school is the amount of success that you are having yeah i don't think you have to pay or maybe you are getting more money too and we say pay um i i don't think you'll have to have as much nil valuations or as much nil money going towards these um high level players if you're competing for a national championship year after year because Who's to say a school like I don't know? Trying to think of some school. I, I guess Florida, who has who is okay, but they're mm-hmm. not national championship consideration. Doesn't have more money to throw at Marvin Harrison Jr. He's not going to go to Florida. 
He's gonna stay at Ohio State. Well, think about it this way. I, I just like if you're if you're Miami in this situation, right? Mm-hmm. And there were some there were some rumors and thoughts that Tyler Van Dyke, Miami's quarterback, might make the move to Alabama because Alabama was was in need of a quarterback. That would have been a good move for him. And it's it's one of those things. It's like Miami and 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 their coach uh, Mario Cristobal has to scramble to try to get all of these funds to just throw at Tyler Van Dyke just to keep him to stay. Mm-hmm. And so. I don't know. I guess the the initial question or or the the statement in this is, as a college football coach, there is an increased amount of pressure now on you over these last five years or so than there may have been 10, 15 years ago, simply because there's so much more recruiting of your current roster that you have to do rather than just recruiting high school and transfer portal guys. Mm Mm-hmm. And it all got here so fast that the one you you could tell who were who was ready for it, what universities were ready for it. I think we wanted to say Nebraska was was out in front. I, I don't I don't know if they necessarily were. I don't know about out in front. I but think they it's were tough. they were ready. They were ready. They just weren't good. I bingo. It's you just have to be able to strike gold when you're when you have an, an organized NIL collective or or you know NIL. Uh, Office, if that is, it's collective, and it's then whatever. and then also win games. You have to be able to strike gold because if you don't have both of those, good luck catching a Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of seeing it here, like with Michigan, they've been able to start winning games, and so they're get they're attracting more and more top level recruits. But do we still? Although Michigan made the playoffs the last two years. And lost in the semifinals the last two years. Do we put Michigan above Ohio State right now? No, I don't. I don't think so. And so it's you just you have to strike gold, and it, it's as we kind of continue to to navigate these first couple, you know, five years and, and ten years of NIL. I think, and you're hearing it from Matt Rule, right? Matt Rule, I guess, could give Husker fans confidence because he can he can sell to a room. Right, and so there's some confidence in Matt Rule's ability to go out and pitch to donors and pitch to fundraisers, because that's what you got to do, and you got to do it even harder and more aggressively when you aren't winning games, and you have to also do it more harder than ever right now before you start winning and losing games. Mm-hmm. So it's Is just it, it's a crazy crazy time. I guess we'll just leave you with this question: Is it more difficult to re-recruit your roster? When you are successful and you have players who maybe aren't playing as much on a successful team and they're looking for more playing time, or when you're not successful and teams are, and, and players are looking for more opportunities. Well, that's where it's going to be interesting, I guess, to build off of that. Like, how many more long, how how many more years do we see the coaches that have been here for a substantial amount of te- time, the Nick Sabans, the Mac Browns, those guys of the world? Mm-hmm. How much longer are they coaching? Because even even 15 years ago at Alabama or at Texas when Texas was good in in from you know 2005 to 08 or 2000 whatever it was whatever. early 2000s right I, I have a feeling it was a similar kind of mantra to Husker volleyball is like you understand what you're walking into mm-hmm. and if you truly I mean it's just like Georgia now I suppose you're gonna be a backup yeah for at least but are, are you okay with years. that are you okay with that if that means you're you're contending for a national champion mm-hmm. championship three straight years yep 
I think a lot of guys would tell you yes, and obviously adversity kind of hits you once you get there, and it might change your your thought process. But I think that's what I mean. And Husker volleyball might not be the best example or, or comparison because it's such a smaller roster. But that's I mean that's how Nebraska volleyball thing. is. It's, yeah, it's they're going to sign they're going to sign a three top five or top ten recruits every single season. And the people that are the players that were here and are a freshman know, all right, I'm going to have to beat beat that person out for my spot, just like I had to beat the person out before me for my spot. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to beat somebody who was playing on a Final Four team or a national championship team uh, as a freshman to 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 beat them and get that spot. So I don't know, it might happen. Unless you're a freak, you're not going to get that spot. You're going to sit for a year or two, yeah. and then you'll get your chance and you'll get your day in the sun. But and and that's maybe. Just generic roster mm-hmm. depth is is so crucial nowadays. I think as well. All Speaking right. about Nebraska volleyball, they are playing in Brazil today That's at two right. thirty. Stream is you available. You can stream it again at two thirty. So um, I, I don't. I think if you go over to Huskers dot com and go to the volleyball tab, um, they'll be they'll show a thing. You can click on that and watch them play a uh, game down in Brazil again two thirty today. Casey Tominaga is back. We talk about it, what it means for the Huskers, and uh, we might get you get you riled up for for what this season could look like. We'll do that coming up next on Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.